Welcome to episode 232 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about five key things you need to look for when you're studying a book of the Bible. Let's dive in. I love a good book study of scripture. There's something about diving into one particular book and just walking the streets, living that book in your life for a season. And it's interesting, as we come to a book study, I've found that it's really important not just to dive into the book, but to almost pause and get a big picture view of what the what's happening in the book itself. So I just thought it'd be fun in this particular episode to talk about five key things you need to look for as you begin to do a book study. Now, let me encourage you. If you are going to do a book study, one of the first things you really need to do is just read the book itself. In fact, I think you should read it over and over and over again, not only before you actually dive in, but even during the study itself. The reason being is going back to that concept that I often talk about on the podcast, which is that idea of saturation. See, we're not just coming to a book academically. We don't just want information. We want to know the author and we want to be transformed by truth. As such, it's really important to just have that book in your mind, to be living it, just to be just drenched and saturated and soaked in that book. Right now, I've been studying the book of Colossians. And so I've been reading Colossians a lot, typically one or two times a day. And that's possible because it's such a short book. But I want to be living on the streets of Colossae. I want to be thinking like someone who lives in this small town. I, I want to be walking and, and living and smelling and seeing the sights of this city. So as such, I want to be just drenched in the book as much as possible. Now, I realize if you're going to pick a larger book, for example, say the book of John or uh, the book of Ezekiel, those are a little bit harder to read in just one sitting. You know, it may take you an hour or hour and a half or so to get through the book. But even then, I would encourage you to be reading and rereading those books. And what I found as you continually read a book is this idea that you start seeing the connections and insights and depth of what God is wanting you to grab a hold of throughout the entire book. So even before we get into the five things, can I just encourage you, one of the best ways to find and understand these five things, as well as just to understand the overarching book itself, is to consistently be reading that book. Well, with that said, here are five things that I would encourage you to be looking for as you come into a study of a book of the Bible. Number one is the author. Now, we know that God ultimately is the author and that the Holy Spirit was using men to pen his words. However, I love the idea that God, in his overwhelming brilliance, is yet using the personalities and the perspectives of the human authors. And I think that's so profound, that the Bible is fully God's word, and yet it's written by men. And just as Jesus is 100% God and yet 100% man, so too the word of God in text is 100% men, man, written by man, and yet it is actually God's words. That is such a mind-boggling thought. But when we understand who the author is, well, it helps us understand the style and the tone of the writing. 
Each of the writers of the Bible, the human writers, <laughs> I should say, have different personalities. So, for example, when you look at the four Gospels, we know that Matthew and John were actual disciples of Jesus, and therefore they actually were with Jesus in all of these scenes. And yet Mark is recording Peter's account, and Luke, of course, is writing just kind of an overarching account from a variety of sources. And it's amazing that even the four perspectives of the Gospels is in such a rich harmony, and you get kind of different tones and styles and, and insights into, into Jesus through each of the four accounts. So as such, it's important to understand who the author is. Paul writes very differently than Peter does. And so when we understand who the author is, it gives us a lens, if you will, of how to approach that particular writing. It also helps us as we're diving into the book itself to say, okay, this author is using this particular phrase or this word. Where else does that author use that in some of his other writings to perhaps help us with the understanding of our particular passage? Again, knowing the human author of your book is rather important. And the second thing is kind of in a the flip side of that, which is the audience. Knowing who the audience is, who is that book written to, really helps you to understand the book. When you, when you recognize that Genesis was written by Moses to the Israelites during the season when they're wandering the wilderness, it actually creates an, an epiphany. It's an aha moment to say, okay, why does God have Moses write down these very specific things about the early histories? Well, when you see it in the context of who that book was being written to, that actually helps you. When you, when you look at a book like Matthew, and here's Matthew writing to the Jews that Jesus was and is the kingly Messiah, well, it makes sense then that he uses so much Old Testament prophecy in the book of Matthew. He's constantly saying, well, did not the Old Testament or the Old Scriptures say, did not our Scriptures declare this? Because he's trying to prove to Jews that Jesus is who he is based on the Old Testament. And so knowing who the audience is really will help you understand a particular book. For example, as, I'm, as I've studied the book of Ephesians or the book of Colossians, knowing kind of the, the history of that town and what's going on in that, in that group helps you understand the passage. For, for example, when Paul is writing the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus, well, it's a deep seawater port in the ancient world, and it was full of magic and full of uh, this witchcraft kind of stuff. And and when you see some of that kind of stuff in these, uh, the supernatural reality of the city itself, well, you can see why he's constantly bringing up this idea of the principalities and the powers and the mights and the dominions in that book. So again, knowing the audience really helps you understand a particular book. Now, a lot of the books actually have the audience mentioned. For example, in Paul's letters, he'll say, hi, this is Paul. I'm writing to this church. But this is one of those things that you may need to do a little research, but it'll help you understand the book as you come into a book study. A third thing to look for in a book study is key words. Uh, as you're reading through the book over and over, what are some of the key concepts or key words or phrases that the author consistently brings up? Well, this is going to help you understand kind of that bigger theme of what they're speaking about. But what are some of those key concepts? What are the key words that keep coming up? What are the ideas or phrases? Now, it may not be the exact same word that's being used, but maybe it is a synonym. Uh, for example, in the book of Colossians, Paul 
talks about the gospel, but then he calls the gospel the word of truth. And so we got to recognize that he's talking about the same thing, even though he may be using different language for that. So be looking for some of the key words or concepts in a book. And what I would encourage you to do is just make a list and put the reference next to them. And the reason I like having the reference there is because sometimes you can kind of step back and look and say, okay, oh, well, in the first half of a book, there's this, there's these phrases that are just kind of clumped together. And then in the later part of the book, there's these phrases that are clumped together. And it kind of gives you a, a flow or a movement of, of what the author is doing. So number one is know the author. Number two, know the audience. Number three is know the key words of a particular passage. Number four is know the major theme or the purpose of the book itself. Now, this is a little bit harder, but as you're working through a book and as you're reading it over and over, what you'll start to find is that there's a central concept or a central theme that the author is doing in the book. I already mentioned the book of Matthew, but Matthew is declaring to the Jews, the audience, that Jesus was and is the kingly Messiah. That's the big purpose of the book of Matthew. In the book of John, John actually just tells us <laughs> what he's doing. And at the end of his book, he says, I'm writing all of this that you may believe that Jesus is the son of God and that by believing in him, you might have life. And the reason knowing the major theme or the purpose is really important for a book is is that everything that the author is saying has to come under that umbrella. So as you're studying a particular passage, he's not just writing some random one-off statement. He's doing something to declare a bigger purpose. So how does that concept or how does that passage that you may be studying in the middle of a book, how does that help the author with his overarching purpose? So again, knowing the theme or the key purpose of a book in my mind, is absolutely essential to understanding the book. Now, again, this may be a little difficult to find, but the more you read a book, this will become very evident. The other option is to get a Bible handbook where it often goes through and says, okay, here's the author, here's the audience, here are the key words, you know, and here's the purpose of that book. But I would encourage you, don't rely upon a Bible handbook first. Dive in and wrestle with these things and the reason being is there's times where I just don't agree with what the Bible handbook says. And some of the Bible handbooks, I think they're just trying to hurry and, you know, get all 66 books written out and they probably are not spending as much time as they should be in each of the books. Or maybe it's just because I, I spend so much time in one book study that I just, it becomes very apparent to me what the purpose is. Regardless, I find it so beneficial for the individual, like you and I, to be wrestling with these concepts ourselves. So work through and wrestle. What is the key theme? Now, if you're struggling, you know, you can read that little introduc introductory statement if your Bible has one of those for each book, book of the Bible or pick up a Bible handbook. But see if you can figure out, okay, what would, as, as I'm looking at this book, what would I say the author's purpose of this book is? And lastly, number five, one of the things I think is so helpful as you begin a book study is to create your own outline or a structure of the book itself. In other words, when you first start off, I just want you to read the book. I think just being acquainted with the content is helpful. But after you've read the book three or four times, you'll start to see a basic structure of how the book is broken down. If I could use Ephesians, Ephesians has six chapters 
And in like a lot of Paul's writings, he takes the first three chapters and he talks about the content or the theology of the book. And then in the back half or the second half of the book, he's talking about the practicality of what does it look like of that taking that content or that theology and living that out on your streets. So Paul's not just interested in head knowledge or information. He wants you to actually live this thing out. And so he walks through that practically in the second half of many of his letters. Well, that creates a a structure then that says, okay, there's two big sections. But what I would encourage you to do if you're going to create an outline is at least have an outline of two layers deep. In other words, so in Ephesians, we have those two big structures. We have chapters one through three being the theology and chapters four through six being the practical living out of that theology or that content. But see if you can go another layer deeper and say, okay, well, what, what are the sections within those big sections? So in Ephesians, uh, verse 1 and 2 is the introduction. And then chapter 1, 3 through 14 is a blessing section where Paul's talking about the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. And then he goes to a prayer in verse 15 down to verse 19. And then in verses 20 down to verse 23, he's talking about the power of God demonstrated in the life of Jesus. So in chapter 1, there's these three subsections, four if you count the introduction, but there's these three major subsections under this banner of content. But if you did that through the entire book, what that's going to give you is a overarching outline or a structure that will help you understand what the book is doing. And I think an outline really helps us as we're diving into a book study. And let me just give you four quick benefits that I just notice with having your own outline. Now, I know that some Bibles have outlines. I know some Bibles have headers uh, above the sections. But I would encourage you to create your own structure and outline. And and here's four reasons why. One, it actually forces us to engage with the text and reason through it. And and it helps us process through the content and what are the groups or what are the, the nuggets of content? What are the groupings of what the author is doing? Two, it provides just an overarching structure and outline that helps us organize that book itself. Third, it actually helps us understand the individual pieces in light of the whole, and it helps us understand the whole book in light of its pieces. And lastly, it gives us a quick kind of a go-to if we're ever stuck somewhere in, a, in, a, in the passage. In other words, if, if I'm studying a particular passage, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of getting stuck. I'm not really sure what's going on in the passage. Well, then I can pull back, look at my outline and say, oh, well, my passage sits here in this larger section. Oh, yeah, that seems like the focus, and that usually helps me get going in a particular passage. So if you're going to begin a book study, I would encourage you to read that book over and over again, not just as you're preparing for the book study, but even throughout the entire book study. You'll find that consistently reading that book as you're studying through it is a profound way of just grabbing a hold of that content, and it'll keep building connections throughout the entire book. But then know five key things. Search these out. Do the research. Number one, who is the author? Number two, who are the audience? What do we know about the author and the audience? Number three, what are the key words or concepts going on throughout the book? Number four, what is the major purpose or the theme of the book itself? And then number five, what is the outline or what is the basic structure of the book that we are studying? Knowing those five things will greatly benefit your study of a book of the Bible. And with that being said, let me invite you to join me in a book study 
over the next couple of months. For Ellerslie's Daily Thunder, I am teaching through the book of Colossians, and it has been so profound in my personal life. And so I thought it'd be really fun to not just do the book study over Daily Thunder, but to also provide resources and materials to help people know how to study the Bible and do their own book study. So if that intrigues you, I would encourage you to join me in an an adventure of studying the book of Colossians together. And so with every single session, I'm providing a study guide where you can study the same material before you listen to it. I'm providing session notes as well as some bonus materials. And of course, the video and audio of each of the sessions that I give. There's 14 sessions in total. Of course, you can take this at your own speed, but I just started this week. And so if you are interested, I'd love to have you join me. You can find more information about joining me in this Colossians book study by going to the show notes for this episode at deeperchristian.com forward slash 232 for episode 232. Or you can look for a link in the podcast description on whatever device you are listening to. So if you're looking for something to study this year, why not consider joining me in a study of the book of Colossians? It is one of the most rich books on the overwhelming preeminence and glory and majesty of Jesus Christ. Again, you can get all the information for that book study by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash 232 for episode 232, or just click the link in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening to this episode on. Well, I'm excited as you continually dive into the Word of God, especially in this new year, it is becoming increasingly more and more important that we as believers are grounded in the Word of God, and the Word of God becomes the very center of our understanding and our discernment in the midst of these confusing times. Well, until next time, know I'm cheering you on and praying for you as you build your life around Jesus Christ.